Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy Ryback, and I am joined this week by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. Raj, how are you doing? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. It, it, it's a busy week, as always, and there's a lot going on. There seems like it's very rarely is there not a lot going on in, in pro wrestling these days. Yeah, it's uh, a week is so long nowadays that... By the time you know the end of the week comes, or the, you know the beginning, you completely forgot about everything that happened the week before, and then you realize a ton of stuff happened. Like yeah, the XFL debut feels like that was a couple of weeks ago. No, I know. It, it's just <laughs> it's like we do the show. We put. I, this is going to be. This is out every Monday, and it's like by the time it comes out, there's already like a whole new week's worth of stuff <laughs> that, right. that comes out yeah. over the week. I'm like, what day do you record? It's like. You, you almost got to do it every single day, but it, it, that's not happening. So it's, you got to you got to yeah. take what you got. Right. Obviously, uh, I mentioned the XFL. That was a uh, a big story, um, especially because Vince McMahon owns it. Yeah. it you know how it'll affect him going forward. Uh, we'll see. He's very hands off. His face didn't appear on TV in you know on TV at all during any of the games. Uh, I don't. I can't even remember if the announcers mentioned his name or not. Uh, but the opening weekend uh, is now history, and the, the, they did really well uh, in the ratings. Um, the first game uh, scored the three. Uh, the first game on Sunday that aired on Fox did the biggest audience of the weekend. It did 3.39 million viewers and a 2.1 rating. Uh, so uh, the second day actually did the biggest rating. So that's a, a good sign because usually it's the first game that'll do the big rating, and then it tapers off. Um, but over over the weekend, the between the four games, average 3.12 million viewers and a 1.0 rating. The 18 to 49 demo, uh, the AAF last year had similar ratings on its opening weekend between two games. It actually did a little better, 3.25 million viewers. Uh, but then it, you know, they went down steeply. But they were also on TNT the following week, as opposed to their opening weekend was on CBS. So uh, good numbers. They averaged uh, over 17,000. Uh, people per game um so yeah uh for the opening weekend was a success obviously uh the second weekend's gonna be the big story and really the, the fourth and fifth weekend seeing where it kind of levels off yeah and i caught it i actually watched uh, a good amount of both games to see i i man, i enjoyed it the presentation i thought it, it looked good everything um <sighs> I didn't know what to expect. I thought the, the, the audience, the crowd looked decent. Like it, obviously, it wasn't the same as an NFL game, but it wasn't also horrible either. Uh, and, and like you said, the ratings came in and the, the gameplay, the actual gameplay, like I enjoyed watching it. I go, man, they maybe they do have something here with this. If, if and you know, they don't, they don't have to be the NFL. Right. They just have to be able to be a profitable business at the end of the day and, and grow and, you know, I think not mentioning Vince, you, that, that's a smart thing because where else do you really uh, – you don't really see that in any other um, sport where they talk about the owners all the time. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, the focus is on the game and on the players. So he just happens to be a very public figure that owns it more so than a lot of other people. So, uh, man, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I think I was watching – I thought they interviewed the players a little too much. Like, hey, what were your thoughts going into this? It's like their, their thoughts were catch the ball and score. Like it's right. not. It was common sense. Yeah, <laughs> we're thinking then you got guys when you do that, they they feel like the pressure that they got to cut a promo almost, and they're not right. promo. These are just these are guys playing football, and right. it, it's very simple: catch the ball, don't get tackled, score. Like it's. Which I wish somebody would just say that. Now get the fuck out of my face. It's, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, and I think that's Especially like when they miss a field goal or something. It's common sense what they're Yeah, saying. yeah. <laughs> you just pulled a Finkel. What was going on in your head? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, I like, feel great. <laughs> they, uh, which I get what they're, they're trying to. I think that occasionally, though, isn't bad. But I do think I, when I saw it, I saw it a bit too much. Like, uh, but they'll they'll probably cut back on that or go based off feedback and trying to get interviews with players that are completely out of breath, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, 
But I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was. I think it's a great week one for them. And again, it's time will will tell. But they they do have something, man. It, it was. I thought just the whole presentation on TV. It looked very professional to me. So, yeah, and uh, speaking for myself, I, I I agree with you. I thought Saturday. I thought the Saturday games looked great. They were in smaller stadiums, so it was. Yep. Uh, it, the attendance looked good. I thought Sunday. I wasn't as impressed. New York. Uh, it sounded quiet, and they were in that you know MetLife Met Stadium, Life. right? In MetLife, yeah. yeah. And so it looked Huge. empty. Yeah, yeah. It looked just uh, like no one was there. Um, so I think doing those smaller stadiums, at least in the beginning, seems like the the better approach. And uh, also, I know it's a real sport. It's not wrestling, but miking the crowd on the second day when you are in a big stadium and you don't have. Uh, you, you want to get that crowd noise still in there. So yeah. it doesn't sound like you're the only person watching, but, uh, but yeah, I agree. I, I really enjoyed it. We'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. And I think too, just the smaller stadiums, it probably, it, it's not a bad move. And unless they can get people and fill those places up, which they may be able to over time. I mean, this is so early with this. And I think too, with week one is always the best week usually on right. something brand new and then it's going to taper off a little bit. It's like kind of what AEW did. And right. So I, I think that's going to be the goal here is keeping a consistent audience where the networks are happy. It's a profitable business as soon as possible. And and then they, you know, they can grow and, and expand this as uh, time goes on. So it's very early on, but a, a hell of a start. Yeah. And hypothetically, they're saying that, uh, you know, for it to be a success, it should be doing 1.5 million viewers um, on ESPN, Fox and around 700,000 on FS1. So they could do those numbers. We've seen with AEW, they're doing 45 million a year, two hours a week. And uh, there's going to be another show. But, you know, more or less, if you say two hours uh, a week for 45 million a year, the XFL is doing 12 out, you know, uh, uh, yeah, 12 hours a week. So yeah. just obviously it's not apples to apples, but if you're using that comparison, that's six times more. So that's you know over $250 million. Absolutely. So that would make it profitable if it could get uh, those kind of TV rights. Right now it doesn't have any, just uh, the networks are paying for production. So Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see. And, and off to a good start. And yeah. I thought they they seem to have learned from that first, that first go around. Uh, and it'll just... I was impressed. I, I, I like I said, I, I like I watch. I go, man, that was that was not bad. So, job right. well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this past week, Cedric Alexander, uh, he was kind of squashed la- last Monday, last week on Raw. Uh, afterwards, he tweeted, uh, "Frustrated is an understatement." Um, you know, just six months ago, maybe he was competing for the U.S. title. Uh, he was kind of in the Humberto Carrillo spot where he's getting a lot, bunch of title matches, losing all the time. Yeah. And then eventually now he's kind of an enhancement talent. Uh, so clearly he's frustrated and yeah. he's going on social media. Um, I remember JTG being frustrated, <laughs> tweeting something about, about money. And then that night he was squashed by you. Yeah. Uh, did they, did they tell you anything that day? Like, no. uh, I remember that. This guy a lesson? I remember it was just, that was. He got put into a spot of a guy that was that was it was solely for me at that point, and where we were doing enhancement talent, and then it was now we have to start wrestling guys on the roster, and he just got plugged into that spot, and I'm sure he got plugged into that spot, 100 because of what he said. Me and him always I've always gotten along with him, and he knew the deal on everything. And when you 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 play the role that you're asked, everyone's professional up there on that stuff, and it was never any I never. At least I knew of never anyone was like, I'm sure the guys didn't want to be in that spot. There's no doubt. I wouldn't want to be in that spot as far as, but you, when you get put in it, you got, you do what you're told, but it's when you, when you vent publicly like that, it, it, it's a fr- you, you, you're pretty frustrated when that's going on. And it's a lot of guys. I mean, you look too, and I, and I remember, but like a guy like that, Eric Young, he doesn't even get an entrance. Like, I mean, they, they they've turned him into like an afterthought brawler yeah and it's like you look at like what went wrong to not even allow a guy and they they do this for people and i don't understand it like because if somebody beats him it's not you're not even beating anybody based off how they're they're being presented give the guy an entrance and give him a fighting chance to have some personality and to get over and it's just unfortunate that goes on and 
I even see like with Bobby Lashley and like the way Lashley Lashley got put in that role with Ricochet to put Ricochet over to go into Brock, who Brock is going to beat Ricochet. But it's to give the whole psychology of that is is Ricochet. Bobby is like a Brock type persona. Right. If Ricochet can overcome him, maybe he has a shot to overcome Brock. That's the story. And like it sucks though when you're a talent like Bobby and you get put into that role of an you're being an enhancement guy for a, a, a payoff match on TV. You know, in no way, shape, or form do you ever want to be put in that role because but it happens to it happens to guys all the time. And that's just it's just the way that it is. And you do business and you do it, but it's like <clears throat> and Bobby still looked <clears throat> great in doing it, but that's just kind of what's going on psychology wise in that. But I even see Bobby and I follow him and he's like, I gotta work harder, I gotta work harder. And I it's just I laugh at that because it's and that's Vince telling me in Tampa, you're the hardest working guy that I have, but hard work doesn't pay off here all the time. And that's just what I was like, well, in my world, it's going to pay off. And that made it really easy for me. And that's, I, I, but that's the bubble and the illusion guys get caught up in that. And they think it's on, I got to do something more to, to please this master Vince. It's a really right. fucked up thing. And it's like, I see it from the outside. I go, man, brother, you can fucking do whatever the fuck you want. You still show up to the building and they say they do what they want to do. It doesn't matter. You got guys that don't even work out and do things that like don't even try and they get pushed to the moon. Like, I mean, come on. It's right. not saying that working out, but it's like, take care of yourself as an athlete. And that's my personal opinion on it. And Bobby kills himself. And I, I just, I see that's just the name of the game. It's the one place where your hard work, it's not like everything else in life. All your goals and hard work, you got to make sure they're not tied into that job for your happiness because you show up to the building and like you can be told like, Eric, you know, you're just going to go out there and get, get jobbed out and not look good. You're not going to do anything to, to make yourself any money. We're going to pay you a low amount of money. And if you complain about it, we'll fire you. And it's so. Yeah. Yeah. The thing with Lashley, too, if this was the 80s, you know, Lashley's coming off a big angle. He was dominant in it. He won every match. Yeah. You move him into the world title picture. You move into something big. He's got all this steam. Instead, you just squandered all that, I feel like. I, yes. I mean, you could have put so many people to get beat by Ricochet. I, I get it. You don't want to do Lashley versus Lesnar right now and yep. for a throwaway match in Saudi, but don't waste that either. And especially, too, if this is – who's that match in Saudi could be a complete squash. Right. With Brock. With Brock might say, look, I don't want to fucking work with him. I'm going to – okay, let's do a fucking – He'll get one little spot and catch him in an F five. It's happened time and time again, and then that, I'd that argue makes, it should be. Yeah, no, it, it really because that's how it comes up. But like, you see what they Bobby and him go out there and work and put out put on a solid match like that. And but it, that's the thing they just they this is why talent there. This is why I would get frustrated when they they want you to put over Kalisto, and I'm like, great, let's do it. What are we doing with Kalisto? Oh, he's losing next round. Why the fuck are we what, like that? Doesn't help right. me at all. But that's what they do. Bobby and Rusev, they do this whole storyline and then they get to where they, all they have to do is put Bobby into something and keep, even if you don't want to put him in the world title, just keep the momentum going. Instead, Move him up. it's completely taken away, put in that role of an enhancement talent for the pay-per-view coming up. And it, it sucks, man. That's the booking shit that fucks every, everybody over in WWE that they, you got all these stooge producers. You guys need to shut the fuck up and listen. And like, look, you guys got to speak up in there. That's the shit you got to stop with Vince. Like you guys, it, man, there's too many pussies working there and they're just going like that whole business model sucks, man. I get hot over it. Cause I live that. Like yeah. it frustrates me talking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm with you cause as a, you know, running wrestling Inc., we, you know, we depend on wrestling fans' interest. And yeah. when you're not building superstars, you're not building interest. And, it does and nobody any good. By keeping everyone 50-50, it's not building superstars. Not doing any good. Yeah. Um, speaking of Saudi, they announced a two-wake mountain trophy, which is just uh, it's kind of like the best in the world tag team tournament. Yeah. Where it's just something to kill time, but it doesn't ultimately mean anything but andrade was announced for it it's going to be the the day after he's uh his suspension is up aj styles uh who has been out with an injury and rusev are three of the five competitors the other guys are um god let me see here uh but anyway those uh eric rowan and uh bobby lashley and r-truth so um kind of a quiet uh quiet way to bring back aj styles and uh and and Andrade, but yeah, they're uh, they're doing that. And Rusev 
people have been asking about him. Apparently, he's still with the company, and uh, apparently his his contract isn't up anytime soon, even though he had uh, changed his Twitter handle to soon to be a free agent. He changed it back, but uh, according to the Observer, his uh, his contract's not up anytime soon. Yeah, that, man, and I don't know the specific details of all of that, but I feel like that it's, uh, I definitely, he has to be frustrated with, and just with that whole angle, in which we talked about when you go in, and I, I mentioned when you go into that kind of angle during a contract, uh, not I don't want to call it a dispute, but just negotiations, and when it's it puts you in a tough position, and we see, and he's he's of the mind, and I know him well enough, and I've talked to him, I know his mindset, and it was like me, like he can, you feel like you could overcome anything. The problem is, is it's the perception of the people you can't control, uh, and your value gets lowered over time, and it's like, not to say his values, but I feel like he can be put back in a very prominent position very quickly, but it has to, it's that momentum that he had with Rusev Day, and like that's. You know the the heat he had when he was a heel that first year. I remember in wrestling him every night, man. It was it was awesome, and he was such a great heel. And it was, it's uh, it's just when when they, when they miss on capitalizing on things time and time again, it really it, it it gets you kind of it sucks. And I just wish I just want him to be happy and uh, do the right thing. And I don't I don't know what that is. It's. But it, this is definitely it's. This is probably the fact that that angle stopped. I mean, it, it's it's not good that these the two sides they've not come to an agreement. And I've been through it myself. And they like they'll just keep you off TV if they or they'll bring you back. Oh, we need you for TV, and then they'll have you do something stupid, and then they'll pull you off TV. So uh, I hope it gets worked out one way or the other. I really I think he's the perfect man. I would love for him to go to AEW. I really would. I think they need they need names like him. And I yeah. think the schedule's better for him. And I know Lana's with WWE, but fuck, she should just walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Retire, give it a year, then sign with AEW a year, take a year off and go back. They'll, they'll release her out of that deal. Well, we do see a lot of couples that are, you know, split between companies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, John Moxley, Renee Young is a perfect example. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, speaking to your point about them, you know, when you're on your way out, Matt Hardy, uh, uh, as, as of yet, not uh, re-signed with WWE on the last Raw. Uh, he was, you know, uh, concertoed by Randy Orton. It was a great angle, uh, and that was apparently done to write Matt Hardy off. His contract was up, I believe, on March 1st, and, you know, that's a, that's a gimmick that could do wonders and you know that wwe didn't really use the whole broken thing but that's something that could do huge in in, in an aew or or elsewhere 100 and i thought that actually uh i thought that was well done the whole thing with him coming out it was a good storytelling it enhanced the angle with randy and edge without having matt to be in a match with randy himself and they did it all in a, in a promo and, and had him taken out and that's probably the best for the situation that he's in, that's better than just going out every week and getting, you know, beaten two minute matches that don't really do anyone any good. And that at least that had a story to it. And uh, I think that's the, the best you could hope for. And from his point of view of going out, of not getting completely, you know what I mean? Just like you, you do business and you help right. an angle. And, and it, you know, I think it was good. That's about as good as it gets on that. I like, I like Matt a lot, man. And he's, He's still got more to go, and especially that AEW schedule. Like we see, like somebody like Goldust, Dustin right. Rhodes, who I know when he was beat up a lot when I was there, and so I know not having to wrestle four or five nights a week is probably just uh, a blessing to him to be able to go out there once a week and, and perform. And I think Matt would thrive in that environment, as all wrestlers would, where it's just much more s- sustainable. So, yeah, I hope he goes yeah. there. I really he he will be he would be a great 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 addition. To AEW, yeah, uh, something I wanted to get your thoughts on. Jeff Hardy's contract would also is also up on March first. Uh, they had signed together, yes. but WWE, um, you know, they could tack on time to Jeff's contract because he was out since last April with a, a leg injury. Yeah, um, the fact that they could tack on time when you're, I could see if you're doing something on your own time and you get injured that tacking on time for that but when you're injured wrestling for the company working for the company and then they could tack on time for that that seems like that's something that could become a 
a legal matter down the road. Yeah, and I think too what you so this is again, they put that into the contracts where they or they remember they added that in at some point when I was there. The key is you would you'd have to do is when the contract negotiations, you would have to have that taken out. Problem mm-hmm. is this is what people don't understand. They don't want those contracts altered at all. And they don't Correct. when you start wanting to make changes and they just they 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 don't want to make them. That's where there's no, like, and there's nobody protecting the wrestlers. They don't want anyone. It's such a weird industry. They frown on, they don't want anyone, they don't want you getting an attorney to look at the contracts. They don't want anyone negotiating the contracts. They want the wrestlers, which is asinine. Pro wrestlers shouldn't have to look at this huge contract and decipher all these legal terms and, oh, okay, this is in my best interest. It's not. And they frown. And then if you do, do go that other route, man, it like, this is why they've created this environment of signing the guys that they've signed and like, cause they know they're most of them aren't going to say anything ever. Like it's really, it, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, those things, man, it, it's, I don't agree with it. It's right. not, it, it sucks. And like yeah, you know, what they probably do my... is they probably will add that on to Jeff. I would be shocked if they didn't, unless he had a discussion with them and got them to let it go. But why would they let both those guys go over there at once when they could stagger it? Right. You know? Yeah, I just wonder what, you know, right to work laws and stuff, if uh, if a lawyer could find an issue with it saying that it's just not legal to to be able to hold someone under contract. Like if if you get like a, a concussion and you're out indefinitely, you can't work. Yeah. You're paid your downside. But um, yeah, Vince it, problem. See, this is the other thing. Vince has so much money and is so figured into so many different uh, uh, from a political aspect and government right. aspect. Like this is it's it's fucked up. Right. This is they, they've gotten away with murder, and everyone, no one knows how do they get away like this. They have connections that have allowed them, and he has so much money. It, it really will. Like, what are you? Even if you find people see it all the time, and they go, "That's screwed up." Well, what are you going to do? Because you know that fight that you're going to go in is they're going to they're going to try to bleed you out, like it, with their shadiness and and things. I've heard some things, man. It's it screwed up. So yeah. Um. Uh, we were talking about a lot of people who were frustrated or wanted to leave. On the flip side, MVP uh, recently came back. He was in the Royal Rumble. Uh, he lost to Rey Mysterio the next night. He was he did uh, on the last Raw. He did a VIP lounge, which I thought I thought he was great. And it looks like he's going to be hired to work as a producer for the company. Um, they've hired a lot of a lot of guys. Abyss, uh, Jeff Jarrett over the years, yeah. uh, uh, Shane Helms. Uh, Sean Davari. So yeah, MVP um, looks like he'll be working with the company going forward. And I would guess if he's there as a producer, they could always use him for these kind of segments. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I'm, if that's what he wants, I'm happy for him. I, and I came up with him through Deep South Wrestling. It's crazy to me watching now, though. Like, I feel, I don't feel, I feel very young still. And after, like, now getting my health back and I'm watching and he's older. He's, he's in his, I know he's in his 40s. Um, I don't know if he's mid forties now. It's just crazy to me. I'm like, I was just talking to Heath Slater about this. I'm like, man, I go, this shit's going by fast. I go, we, I, like, I go, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not old yet. Like I feel, I don't have a gray hair knock on what, like I'm, I'm still like, I feel like I'm going to be back and be better than ever, and, but everyone's getting old. <laughs> it's <laughs> not just, it's just like, but I'm like, he's, I just remember us in deep South training. And now I'm like, he's now he's like, retiring or going to be towards the end of his career and produce like fuck like this is man i'm happy for him though like if he that's you know if that's what make, he wants to be back on the road and i think that and that kind of stuff when you're up there as long if you're not performing and, and actually physically killing yourself four or five nights a week that job is it's, it's a much more sustainable thing again though being on the road and being in that environment and those meetings it's that will age you really really quickly and drive you crazy but a lot of those guys, if you get put on one show and you're only up there two or three days a week, maybe, maybe do a live, the live events are cut down. It seems like it'd be a little more feasible, a little more doable. So yeah, I, he, he's a good, he's a man. He is, he is a good wrestling mind. He's he, he, that he'll fit in really well with that. Yeah. Uh, another, uh, another get for WWE, Simone Johnson, the rock's daughter, yeah. <clears throat> WWE announced that she is, has signed with the company. Uh, she has been at the Performance Center for a while now, going back and forth. The Rock was there a while ago um, to, you know, watch her train, help her. But yeah, she's officially signed. She's 18 years old, and um, you know, she's someone who, 
has every door open for her if she wants to get into movies, entertainment, and she chose wrestling. So, um, you know, obviously those are some big, you know, steps to follow. Everyone's going to be watching her and the spotlight's going to be on her. It's, it's not always the easiest, uh, when you're a second generation or third generation, in her case, fourth generation, yep. uh, as, as you've seen time and time again. Yeah. Again, we just, she's so young. I mean, it's, you just got to give her time and she's going to go through her growing pains. And I'm sure, you know, Dwayne has talked with her, um, very in depth about all of this and the, the mindset that it's going to take. And obviously, and she's going to get criticism from, you know, the, 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 the wrestling, uh, portion of those people that, that like to criticize and say she has things she's probably already getting criticized. I would guarantee it for being hired at 18 and getting put right in there without having to pay her dues on the independent. It's like, she's 18. Like she's, <laughs> this is a lot of people get their start in developmental and it's, they're hiring on the potential of one of the greatest, most entertaining superstars of all time has a daughter. And right. that's, that's, you know, I think it's, uh, you just got to give her time and let her develop. And what she starts out as is, is she's, it takes to, like wrestling three to five years of really doing it to kind of start finding who you are and getting comfortable and getting in the you have confidence right off the bat. But, I mean, I, I'm, if that's what she wanted, I'm happy for her. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's, I think it, it is the toughest road out of all of them. And it's the le least amount of money, too, out of all the other things. <laughs> but, you know, it, it can lead to if it's something she wanted to fulfill. That's, you, you go for it. There's no, no argument for me on that. So it's not going to be easy. That's for sure, though. Yeah. Um, you obviously were in a tag team with Curtis Axel. Yeah. Uh, I, I would guess... You know, being the son of a famous wrestler, it gets it's easier to get in, but it's got to be harder to live up to expectations. I mean, we see it time and time again with Ted DiBiase Jr. and and it it, it seems like it's really hard to break away from the mold. But when you do, like a Cody Rhodes or Randy Orton, um, I don't know. Do you think it's easier or harder uh, for someone whose father or mother was successful in pro wrestling? I think it goes both ways. I think it might be easier as far as getting you hired. And then I think once you're in, I mean, Curtis is an example of, I, I, I firmly believe that, and I've talked, I just talked to him last week. We talked for like 90 minutes and we were talking about some of this. And I, but I truly believe that whatever, you know, with his father, Mr. Perfect, with Kurt, I don't know what happened between him and, and Hunter and, and Vince. If there was something, they clearly hold something against Curtis for something that happened with Mr. Perfect. And I don't know what that is. I don't think Curtis knows what that is. There's, I just know how talented Curtis is and the opportunities that he has not had, uh, as far as he's just, he doesn't have, I'm not saying you got to make him heavyweight champion. I just think he's, they've never let him really just be a really, to really shine on his own or let, even let him go out there and fail. Like let it, let it blow up. If it, I've always, he just doesn't get the opportunities or you don't allow, you don't see him out there getting to wrestle ricochet for 20 minutes. Because he would get over if he was allowed to, to some degree. And they, they, they prevent that. And they just keep him off TV and Bo's not there right now. There's stuff going on. And then, but you got guys like Bray and Bray and Bo, you know, the fiend, you know, look at how he's been. And Bo was actually the one that they pushed harder in developmental was FCW champion. Yeah. He's NXT, NXT champ. NXT right. champion. Yeah. So yeah. And like, it's, we've, I've seen that time and time again, where guys are developmental champions and they, they are put in that position because they want to groom them to come up and have big roles on the main roster. And then they just don't use them like that. And it, Bo is a guy that can go out there and was a workhorse down in developmental. And then you see him, they don't even allow him to even be remotely close to that on TV. I can't tell you why that goes on. Why one, one, one son does that and then the other, you know, they both work really hard. They both kill themselves. You know, Bray, though, I think is maybe, I think Bo's really creative too with the whole... But like I don't think Bo Dallas should have always just kept that gimmick the, with the Bo leave. I always he always got reactions with that, and it was a great heat gimmick. He didn't he didn't have to win all the time, and it allowed him to show his true personality of being funny. And I loved that whole thing because it had personality, which they took that away kind of when, when it all was done. But you just none of it makes sense, and I, I think it's the you know you know someone like Charlotte. Charlotte gets a, a lot of opportunities probably based off. Rick and Hunter's relationship and, but she also kills herself and works extremely hard and backs everything up. So you really, you can't, 
but she gets a lot of opportunities probably because of that. Now, if she didn't take it, if she didn't back those up, maybe those wouldn't be as much. I don't know, but you just see that with different people. And I, I think it's easier to get in, but I think once you're there, it's you're, you're there and it's, you gotta, it's not easy regardless. So, yeah. Uh, Quick note as we're recording this, Kathy Kelly, backstage announcer for WWE, um, very talented. Uh, she announced that she is leaving the company. So um, NXT Takeover Portland's her last uh, okay. her last date. Um, on the flip side, John Cena is coming back. He is set to return on the February 28th episode of SmackDown in Boston. So um, it's WrestleMania season. Um, Obviously, that would seem to it's the day after Super Showdown, so it has nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. But I don't know if that means he's going to do something at Elimination Chamber and then WrestleMania or they just start doing the WrestleMania build. Uh, in your opinion, where Cena's at, what would you like to see him do at WrestleMania, assuming that's what he's returning for? I don't. So I, I think it's obviously having him at WrestleMania involved is with his name. It's that's the event to have him at. You know, he seems to, everything's going great with him acting wise. And I, I'm of the opinion too, and I had my personal differences with him on all that, but from a wrestling standpoint and character standpoint, obviously, you know, he is an attraction and he's John Cena and has been used very well over the years. I think what we saw with like the Undertaker thing, I think that was kind of, that would have been better off not happening. Uh, didn't do anybody right. any good with that. He just wanted to be part of the show. I get it. You also though have to, you don't want to ruin your value too much. Uh, and again, though, if he doesn't plan on wrestling much longer and moving on, then ideally I would like to see him put over an NXT talent at WrestleMania. If that's somebody that you have high hopes, if, if you got to be careful though, if, if John wants to stick around and be part of this for five, six more years and whatever, three more years, like you want to save him maybe for some big matchups, then I right. think maybe you bring somebody up that you are maybe on the fence about and you want to see if they can hang and, and John goes over, but let him go out there and have a have a solid match and get him a little bit of experience, maybe. Um, I don't know. That, and that's just saying that just from the outside looking in, obviously, I, I would say from the talent that are there, you know, I would love for a guy like Cesaro to have a nice uh, spot on WrestleMania for once and, and do something with him. Um, I don't, there, there's a handful of guys that you could plug into that over, over the guys in developmental. And I just said that just because that was kind of, you look at that, it could be a decent story, but you know, it would be nice. Fuck. It would be great. Perfect scenario. talking about Curtis Axel. It'd be great for John Cena to be in the ring and you let Curtis Axel come out and be Joe Henning. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. that and like yeah. why they, they've prevented him from being that and let him go out there and have that moment, like, and use it to elevate a talent you have there. Maybe if John, yeah. there's so many different ways you could do that to make a very interesting angle with what you got there already too. But it all depends. John's in a position where I'm sure he's going to have some some say on, on what he wants to be involved in, and not since he's probably you know the one that said, "Hey, I'd like to come back for this." I got a little break, you know, for for a month or a few weeks, and um, or tag match even get put some other guys like I said need you get guys in a nice big high profile tag match with John that, and then John doesn't have to necessarily take the pinfall if you don't want him his team going. You know what I mean? Right. So they have options with that. It would it would be nice. I would like to see some guys though that maybe that have been there for a long time and, and really help that company out, help you know the Heath Slaters, the the Joe Hennings, and guys like that, the Bo Dallases to to get put in a decent spot for once and get a good payday because those right. those kind of guys, man, they're the reason why all the the guys that are elevated are elevated because of guys like that. So yeah. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Velveteen Dream would be that would be a way to uh, make a superstar. But the one thing, like The Rock, hasn't been able to return to wrestle because of the movie insurance. The, the movie companies have to pay insurance, and every day they miss filming because of an injury. They they're wasting tons of money. Rock got injured when he wrestled Cena yeah. this, at the second his second their second match at WrestleMania. Hercules uh, was starting to film. Rock had to miss pub media pub for pain and gain it was a big it was a big deal he hasn't wrestled since i wonder if cena's the same thing and if that's the case he probably wouldn't be doing a match he'd be doing a segment or something but um, very possible yeah. and that's because he's getting those big movies now it's not like supporting roles anymore no and that's see that's the other thing too and looking at it from that standpoint is that's a once in a lifetime john's a smart man where right. you're not going to risk missing some up op- like that's that momentum of of doing 
being in the films and, and getting kind of being just, you know, an extra and having a cameo appearance here and there and now getting where the films are revolving around you and that, that money that is on the line, John is, and John's not going to sacrifice that. So it will yeah. be interesting. Maybe, maybe this is his last one then on that end. It could be. Yeah. Uh, also, Elimination Chamber coming up after Super Showdown. Uh, that's going to be on March or March eighth. It's, it's tough. To, there's they have too many events between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Oh, I know. But, uh, I know. So they're advertising an Elimination Chamber match between Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, King Corbin, and Robert Roode, uh, with the winner going on to face the Fiend at WrestleMania. Now, as reported in the Observer, that they just threw that out there. That's not really uh, the planned match. They haven't figured out the planned match. I wanted to get your take on this. WWE is probably the only company I've seen that advertises matches so often that they have no intent delivering. You, you, you know, UFC, obviously, card is subject to change, but it's for an injury or reason out of their control. WWE, they just throw matches out there. They'll sort of, you know, advertise dark matches that never end up happening, I'd say, most of the time. That's and they do that is that because they need to advertise. They do the advertise the main event dark matches. Those things, you know. Sometimes I was part of those where it was me versus Cena forever tables matches where that was that every night after we did whatever we did for TV and went out there and, and did it. And that sucks being in that spot and having to work twice. You don't get paid extra for it. And but they oftentimes change that too, where it's not that. But they do that just to get people in the building. Because it, that's, that goes back to they don't know what the, they don't have the TV show written, so they can't advertise really anything on that end because it changes all the time. So they put something they think might stay as a dark as a, as advertised main event for the local towns to get people in the building. No matter you know the Fiend versus John Cena, uh, and then it might be you know the Fiend uh, taking out Dolph Ziggler. You know it's and it's but they do that just to get people in the building and to advertise something. Um, I, I do agree. It, you would think that it's you want to stick with what you're advertising as much as possible, because what happens is people then when next time you're in that town, they you know maybe they took their kids there to see it that specific thing and thing and they didn't see it and it leaves a bad taste in their mouth and it hurts attendance long term when you burn people like that, which we've seen on that end of things. So I don't I don't know, man. It's yeah. That's what that's just what they do because everything's so week to week and they just got so much stuff going on that it's all it's all man they're too big for their own good. Yeah, it's kind of what we we've talked about before, where if it was the '80s and you advertise Hulk versus Andre yeah. and you go and they don't deliver, that's a big deal. Now because they don't make the stars larger than life, no one cares. It seems like yeah. it's not like people are asking for refund, but it is false advertising. It's the only and when they can when they can willingly still do the matches. Sorry, they okay. don't. <laughs> Congo drums, what are they? <laughs> right. um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so Elimination Chamber coming up here in a few weeks, and we don't know yet what the main event is. Um, Triple H was asked about the Matt Riddle-Brock Lesnar confrontation that oh, happened yeah. at the Royal Rumble. Sorry. Um, and uh, he... Uh, the whole thing is up on wrestling.com, but he basically confirmed that there was a confrontation between Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar. Uh, he was asked about if, if Vince McMahon has heat with Matt Riddle. And here, here's Triple H's direct quote. He goes, to be honest with you, I haven't asked anybody about it. Vince didn't express his disapproval of anything that was said. And I'm sure if there was an issue, he would have called me directly. He's not shy about that. I didn't see that. I heard what you heard about the conversation between the two. Matt's Matt. Brock's Brock. They had a conversation that's between them. They're men. I don't mean I don't mean that to be disparaging of anyone, but they're grown adults. And uh, basically saying, if Vince was upset with what Matt Riddle did, he would have told him, and he hasn't heard anything from Vince. I would be shocked if Vince knew any Vince. If Vince is, and I don't know, Hunter, I think is a little more and has that the social media team around him where they're reading the dirt sheets because they're the ones feeding out the majority of this stuff, anyways. So to, to kind of control the narrative on, on different things, um, Vince, I, I don't know with everything with the XFL and everything going on, do you, I don't know if Vince is sitting around reading dirt sheets with his own company, wondering who's talking to who. And, you know, that might be something that's brought up in a meeting eventually in there um, with people, it, but it's all going to come down to, and this is what I said. And I, I know what Matt is doing and he's, and it's, it's, I get it. At the end of the day, though, you 
you're not a main roster talent yet and you're running your mouth and I get it. If Brock doesn't want to work with you though, if Brock doesn't, if he, you know, he's talking about retiring Brock and whatnot and Brock, will, no, well, I want to fucking squash this guy. He's going to, they're going to do it and he'll get put in that. And then you like, so it could, it could really backfire on you. And I'm not, cause I'm, I'm just telling you, do you think, do you think the payoff in all of this is going to be, this is going to lead to a WrestleMania match with them? And do you think Brock is going to say, you know what, Vince? I really want this kid to retire me. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what? I respect him for going out and publicly blasting me all the time. <laughs> Brock don't give two fucks about anything. That's right. not that's not the you you better, man, and Brock's in a position of power, man. Brock better like you if you if Brock wants to put you over and make you the guy and Vince. You know what I mean? And like Roman, Roman's a respectful guy. People like Roman. Roman's a good dude. He's been pushed hard, but Roman's a good dude. Brock knows Roman's a good dude, so he has no problem. Okay, that's what you want, Vince. But you got another guy that, it, man, I'm just saying, it, it, that's that's the political end of pro wrestling where, man, you got to navigate the waters. And I get it. Like, I get it. But there's a, there's a way to do things. And I've just seen it. I've never seen that route play off well once for the guy in that position i've never seen right. it, so yeah I, I think the only time i could think of was kind of was cena calling out the rock when the rock was making movies and and ripping the rock but that cena was another level it, superstar well, no, cena was that. the top guy right it's, yeah exactly. there's no he's that that's a power move of top right. guys yeah. where both have vince's ear and are in prime positions but right. even that was and just so you realize cena put did i believe did cena put him over first right yeah yeah. Yeah, and then Rock, and the, the, so that's the power. I'll put you over, but you put me over, brother. On the next, like it's right. So, yeah, whole different ball game on that. Yeah, and that, and that is even then is is it's that's top guy poking. Like that's it's a different different position of just on the on the whole scale of things. And it's yeah. not saying I'm gonna. It, there's just a way to do it, and I get it. And it's all it could be. It could, he, Matt could be just. It could be a complete just angle in Matt's head I'm just saying but when you do that publicly like that it's all going to come down to Brock at the end of the day has a lot of power right a lot yeah more than anybody in pro wrestling probably so yeah um get to the ratings here uh it was a good week for WWE overall uh you know obviously these numbers would have been terrible <laughs> two years ago but uh overall uh Raw was up uh, this week. It was the, or last last Monday's Raw was up to 2.337 million viewers, up 8% from the previous week. Uh, so that was good. It, it basically started off the same as the previous week, but it held on as opposed to the previous week where it fell off. Uh, SmackDown, SmackDown was also up. It was up 5%. Um, they had Goldberg on. I think they wasted those Super Bowl promos. I think if they had the Super Bowl promos advertising Goldberg returning, it was, you know, one day earlier, I think it probably would have done a lot bigger, but they had the Undertaker and the random SmackDown spot that they've been running forever. Uh, And backstage, uh, it did 169,000 viewers. Again, another era that's beyond terrible, but it's actually the second best number for that show in its history. Yeah. Uh, and then Dynamite and NXT. Uh, Dynamite beating NXT again, but both shows were down. But NXT was only down a little bit, while Dynamite was out, down quite a bit. Uh, Dynamite had 817,000 viewers, uh, beating NXT 757,000 viewers by 8%. Uh, but Dynamite was down uh, 12% from the previous week. NXT was down a little under 2%. Uh, and in, in the 18 to 49 demo, AEW did a 0.3, so it was down 25% from the previous week. NXT did a 0.24, so it was actually up 9% from the previous week. So NXT NXT still got beat, but the gap narrowed. Um, AEW, I was kind of surprised because they had the hot angle the previous week with Cody getting the lashes, and I yeah. thought they had a really good show this week. Uh, but it was it was down. Yeah, we've seen they've been hovering around in that range, so. I don't, I don't know where, uh, and, and I caught caught a decent amount of it. Um, the, the NXT and AEW is fairly close still. I mean, that's not that far apart, uh, and that right. it's kind of that same audience watching every week. So I, I think it's going to come down. I really AEW is getting the right people to some to help kind of give it little boost. You, 
You know, you get a Luke Harper that shows up, and I'm not saying Luke Harper is going to change anything right away, but you get some more guys in the mix, and you get a Rusev over there or something eventually, and, and get some other big names. You know, it would have been great if they could have got Edge. Like, that's the kind of stuff you really, the right ones that can move the needle just a little bit and uh, to balance out that roster a little more, I think will will be good for them, but... You know, it's they're they're in the mix. They're a new company, and they're they're winning the ratings with the the over WWE right now. So in their their heads, it's it's a victory as far as that goes, and it's just consistently building. So, yeah. you know, as far as the wrestling, the numbers are so far down compared to what they used to be. And you know, but I know Goldberg. I saw something where his segment had a a spike in viewership. Uh, it would have been great, you know, to use that Super Bowl spot to promote that probably could have could have helped with football fans and people that old school wrestling fans yeah. watching that know Goldberg. I think that's a huge missed opportunity, obviously easier said looking back, but those are the kinds of things you need to be able to know in advance from a company when you're that size and when ratings are so important and you want to get some of those people back to help your new stars, to get eyes on some of your new stars. Uh, I'm really curious to see where WWE goes uh, with this, with, uh, the Fiend and Goldberg too on this because I don't like it. it, Goldberg, you know, with his career and how, I don't know how, where he's at uh, on on things as far as how much longer he wants to do this. Is he being brought in to to put over Fiend to have that, that WrestleMania match with Fiend and Roman? Is it being, is is this going to be, does Goldberg win and shock people? And then it's Roman Goldberg, which is a, that's a big matchup as well for WrestleMania. But then the fiend, all of a sudden, everything is just washed away, which we've seen. Right, like that. See, that wouldn't shock me, and no one. And then I would, but it would, I would feel deeply for Bray if that was the case, unless he was figured in some way to, to be a big part of WrestleMania still. But I don't know where they're going with it. And but it's you got to build, man. Today's guys, and they haven't, they haven't done that for so long. So. It's, yeah, so looking back, you see you see that Goldberg popped this rating. People are still interested. Would you have The Fiend <clears throat> beat Goldberg and uh, go on to face Reigns? Or would you switch direction because there is that, still that interest in Goldberg and then have Goldberg put over someone like Reigns at, at Mania? The thing is, though, the, the, my, the, is Roman's been put over already. Is Roman, mm-hmm. I don't think Roman's value goes up anymore. I think actually Roman... I, I think, and as much as I like that match, I, I love the, the spear versus spear and what, what happened with Goldberg and, and Undertaker. And I almost think when you have Bray, this Fiend character, and I don't know how much money Fiend's bringing in right now compared to when he started when it was red, red hot. I don't know. He's feel, still their top merch seller. So I think you keep that going, if that's the case. I think and then you, you keep, I think Fiend goes over Roman. At WrestleMania, and you let Fiend have this the rest of this year on top. I really believe because I think you can ride that you you ride that momentum till his merch starts falling. And yeah. that's to me that's pro wrestling. You ride the wave on who's hot, and then you what will happen is eventually, guys. This was the problem with John and with WWE, and this is what kind of John held that top position, and then WWE helped protect that top position, and anybody who got hot that naturally would have would have. When that time, because John's time came up multiple times, which is why the crowd got the way that they got. And they didn't allow the the natural process of guys to naturally pass that. They all, they nixed it. And John was a part of that and different. And they fucking put the kibosh on everything. And it happened, happened to me, happened to a lot of guys that got fucking red hot and where that natural wave, this is the first time they, John's not there. The fiend's riding it. You go with it. And so I think you give him as long as he can on top until things and like, and again, then if Daniel Bryan starts getting hot again or Roman, you know, reinvents himself a little and Roman starts getting really over again, then you run with that again. And that's pro wrestling. That's what fans want to that natural process that has been taken away. So that's what made Stone Cold and The Rock so good. And those guys kept, they weren't trying to, they, Stone Cold wasn't going and saying, man, cut fucking Rock's merchandise in half. So that I can say that, but that's what goes on now. And it did. And it happened to me. Like, I'm like, it, it, it's bullshit. It is what it is, but that's, you gotta, I don't know, man, with Goldberg, I think they book themselves sometimes into these shit positions <laughs> right, where corner. you're like, well, what way do they go? I think the end of the goal has to be fiend stays, stays on top. Fiend stays hot. That's the number one goal. And then you could fucking, you, 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 you figure out everything else off of that. So, Yeah. 
Uh, final thing on Dynamite, Jeff Cobb made his AEW debut. Uh, he's a free agent, so he had, as of when we're recording this, he hadn't signed with AEW. He's got some ROH dates coming up. He's working in New Japan. So he's a free agent right now. He's committed to a, couple, you know, a few dates with uh, AEW, but... Uh, you know, obviously that could change. Um, and, you know, it, it got a good reaction online. So, yeah, Jeff Cobb, uh, kind of working for three companies right now. No, I like Jeff. Jeff's older, though, too, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's not young. Right. He, he's, uh, let me see here. He is 37. He's, yeah. You know, so, and not to say that that's old by any means, but I, I would say, and I know I met him, I wrestled him. I, I like Jeff a lot. I would like to see him, uh, my opinion is, the whole goal in pro wrestling is you want to have some security because he's put his body through hell. All these guys, especially wrestling that style. I, if I was him, I would sign with AEW if they offered uh, more money than I'm sure they're going to offer him more money than any any other promotion. And I think you got to look at this. Every that's the problem with a lot of wrestlers is, and I'm not saying that's the case with Jeff is they're not looking at this from a business standpoint of protecting your investment and protecting your body. Is you know with AEW you got one thing a week like you take that you take the money and you if you can get a decent position and oh, rather than these other promotions man these those other things ring of honor those are all fucking small time promotions i don't care nobody's fucking killing and maybe they make a little bit but for what you're doing to your body you ain't making shit like it's you want to you want to sign you want to be on national television if you're doing this it just helps you with everything else in life that you're doing wrestling in front of a few hundred people and i see the crowds and it's nothing against i get it but and that shit, nobody knows who the fuck you are when you're walking around for the most part. It, there's, it's a night and day from being on major TV to that. So I think Jeff needs to, at that, and that is just my opinion. I would like to see him sign with a major promotion and by major AEW or WWE. And you, you got to make some money by, and have some security for all of this when it's all said and done. So, cause you never know how long it's going to last, but I like him uh, showing up on AEW. I just think it's, you know, is he showing up to put over Moxley for one week and he's going to keep kind of doing what he's doing? I know he loves wrestling, but I would like to see him. I would sign a contract and get some security. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, right back. It's, uh, I feel like we covered like 90 topics yes. right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, a busy week, but thanks as always for having me on. Always, Raj. Anything you want to go ahead and plug to wrap up this week? Uh, yeah, just uh, keep checking out wrestling.com. We have uh, new interviews recently with Tessa Blanchard, uh, Scotty Riggs, uh, uh, Rick Bassman, who has such an interesting life. He trained Cena, yep. the ultimate warrior sting. Uh, so just uh, tons of tons of cool stuff. Uh, the new Impact Women's Champion, Jordan Grace. So uh, keep checking out wrestling.com. Good deal, Raj. Thank you as always. And guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Shooting Blake's Wrestling Report. <laughs>